Hello and welcome to Kids of Stuff, a Chucky podcast, a Haunted MTL original podcast. I'm your host, David Davis, and my guest this week is my fellow Haunted MTL contributor, Jan Brannick. Hey. How you doing, Jan? I'm doing. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm glad to, to have a guest on this week. Uh, the last couple episodes has been my wife, and it's been great, but also, like, I want to bring other people on. Well, thanks for having me on. Of course. Um, I do want to do a quick shout out to the Chucky Vision podcast. We've been kind of going back and forth on Twitter talking about stuff. It's been a lot of fun. They're listening to my podcast. I'm listening to theirs. Uh, the Chucky community is great. So uh, if you get a chance, look up the uh, the Chucky Vision podcast on Spotify. Now, um, today we are going to be talking about the latest episode of the Chucky TV show. So... Uh, let's see, I'm, I'm going to just refer to you as Brannick. So, Brannick. Yes. Present. Introduce yourself, please. <laughs> yes, yes. Bueller, Bueller, anyone? Pre- um, present. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a writer for Haunted MTL um, and also Nightmarish Conjurings. I also do podcasts for Haunted MTL. Um, I'm on the Throwdown with Voodoo Priestess. And I do. Well, I was on that one recently. Uh, you were on Streaming Demons. Streaming Demons, okay, yeah. sure, I need to get these facts right then. <laughs> Streaming Demons, where we could not hear you. <laughs> yeah, that was a very interesting experience. I described it as being like a ghost. It, you were like a ghost, because Jim had to conjure you. and um, <laughs> channel me. <laughs> I think half of what he said was bullshit. <laughs> oh, oh, totally, totally it was. So I will have to go back and (laughs) listen to it because I'm like, I don't think that's what Dave said, (laughs) but I have no proof of it. So I guess that's true then. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was, that was interesting. Um, Yeah. I I do sometimes go on stream and demons. Um, Throwdown is with Evie where we battle to see who wins. Um, One of us will pick a movie that we like. The other one hates it. And then we battle to the death on air. (laughs) Every week, well, that week, was a fun but one. every time we battle to the death. And then um, Club <laughs> Misery, I do with Audrey 3, which mm-hmm. is um, an LGBTQ plus uh, with, you know, horror in there, because, of course. And um, then Combo Box, which is sleeping right now, Shh, everybody. But it'll, it will <laughs> wake and it will, you know, destroy the world when it wakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also contributed on GaylyDreadful.com. Um, when they have their, uh, gayathons, I forget what the fancy word is, but basically gayathons to, um, promote things like, um, trans awareness and, um, uh, Trevor project and whatnot and, um, to contribute to those. And those are every year. So please go check them out, give money to whatever, uh, charitable donation they're going to be giving to and read some really cool queer stuff. That is excellent. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I really appreciate you being on here because uh, I haven't really had a, uh, I, I want to try to diversify the perspectives a little bit here on the podcast. So, you know, it's nice to have, you know, someone else to talk to and everything like that. And I appreciate the volume of work that you've done as well. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I am only but one queer in a circle of many. So, of course, what I say is just what I'm saying, but, you know, like, I can't speak forever, Bonner, but, and nor should I, but, you know, mm-hmm. people, you know, listen to really cool podcasts. Brother Ghoulish has a really cool queer podcast and just other stuff like that. Like, they're, they're out there, they're fun. Um, 
And, uh, you know, definitely part of the gay agenda, which is making cool shit like Chucky. I love the gay agenda. <laughs> it, it brings <laughs> it brings you fun things, like this mm-hmm. series. So, um, uh, as far as your interest in horror, because, like, uh, sometimes I, I, I have guests on here who aren't really, like, horror people, so I ask them what their experience is. You have experience in horror, but, like, what's your favorite genre or branch of horror? Ah, yes. I love it. Um, So, I generally enjoy very campy, low-budget 80s horror, usually slashers. So, um, honestly, Chucky, and I think this is one of your questions, how much... I know of Chucky. Um, I was terrified because, again, like just like Talkie <laughs> Tina, everything like uh-huh. that. I was absolutely terrified. I did have like a my brother, kid, sister type doll situation, so um, I did not want anything to do with Chucky. And my father, who worked in the industry, was like, "No, let's. I can show you exactly how he works and how many puppeteers it takes." And I would just oh. run screaming, you know. So oh, I didn't. I didn't know that about your uh, your father. Yeah, um, he used uh, to be. A, you- he used to work for Panavision. Well, a company basically like, you know, contracted through Panavision. So he would be um, helping with the cameras and stuff like that. So he was always involved in kind of like the behind the scenes process. And um, so that also always fascinated me. Um, And he used to watch like shows like, you know, movie magic and things like that. And um, had a lot of friends in the industry because who did like creature effects and things like that, because, well, he was there and they get to talking, and that's just kind of the dude he is and was, and always has been. So, um, so it, that that's super interesting. I really yeah. do like that perspective because we've not had anyone who has that kind of. Uh, it's not necessarily your background, but who has access to that kind of background. Yeah, and that definitely instilled like a reverence in me because he had such a reverence for it, and I think that's why I also kind of gravitated eventually to horror. Um, mm-hmm. Even though, for probably until I was about twelve, I completely did not want. Well, no, probably <laughs> I don't know twenty one. Um, I did not want anything <laughs> to do with horror because it was scary and. I didn't like to be scared, and then I discovered, oh, it's a it's a safe scare. Mm-hmm. It's now now as someone who's like into horror now, have you found yourself kind of desensitized to horror? Yes, absolutely, and honestly, I think it's kind of like immersion therapy <laughs> because <laughs> I am a very anxious person, and um, you know, I have anxiety and. Um, I think a lot of times too, it it is kind of like an immersion thing of like, oh, okay, yeah. These are just effects or, you know, like I said, an appreciation, like I can watch something and be like, wow, that was incredibly done. I have no idea how they did that. Yeah, I totally agree with you there, especially with like the Chucky franchise, like from a technical standpoint, even from the first movie, the stuff they do with these animatronics, uh, you know, with with the puppet, with the uh, like force perspective, all of that is just so incredibly, uh, you know, and at times there will be bits where you watch and you're like, okay, it's obvious how they did that, but at some point you just don't care either just because it looks cool. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And with horror, all horror, you have to suspend mm-hmm. your disbelief. Like, you just have yeah. to. Because that's horror is supernatural and weird. I mean, like, again, a serial killer puts his soul into a, a doll, you know? <laughs> like. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, have so to suspend it- to have fun. 
Yeah, so, like, if you have a serial killer in the body of a doll, you're not going to care if a guy bleeds out under his fingernails. Right, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, completely bleeds out a lot. Right, that was like he had a garden hose under his finger. <laughs> like, under his fi- like, every orifice, and then probably toes, I would imagine. Is a fingernail an orifice? Well, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they- Chucky found a way. Chucky. That's the beauty of Chucky. He finds a way. Exactly. Oh, boy. All right. So, yeah, this is going to be a fun episode. So I think what I want to do is uh, dive into a little bit about the uh, background of the episode, and then we'll kind of get into our discussion. Absolutely. So today we're talking about the fifth episode uh, of Chucky, which you can catch on Sci-Fi and USA Network. Uh, This episode is Little Little Lies. Um, so I'm trying to figure out if that is a direct reference to, uh, Big Little Lies, the the show. I don't know yet. Um, the director of this episode is Leslie Lidman, who also directed the previous episode. And, uh, the writers on this one are Harley Payton and Rachel Paradis. Now, as far as what the episode concerns, it follows the trio of Jake, Devin, and Lexi as they attempt to destroy the Chucky doll. However, we also get a very, very interesting, uh, very campy look into the past of uh, Charles Lee Ray as well. So, like, at the very basic level, that's what the episode is about. Now, what did you think of the episode? You know, it's great because it keeps progressing. Um, You know, I've watched up until this point now, and um, I've watched, like, three of the Chucky movies. Um, I'm not into sequels, which you'll find out once we do our podcast sequels, um, which will be coming out eventually. Awesome. <laughs> we'll take over the world. Please and, have uh, me on that one. Uh, yeah, you know, like... I have thoughts on sequels. <laughs> I have real thoughts on sequels, which is, I don't like them. Um, <laughs> so, like, I don't know, like, all of the the things that go into Chucky, you know, and Mm -hmm. everything that happens. So part of it, yeah, when we get into it later, like, yeah, I kind of didn't get it. But um, I do like that, yeah, we start off, like, right off the bat in, like, the 80s, and I forgot how much that, uh, like, Chucky, grown-up adult male Chucky Mm -hmm. in in a human body, how much he looks like Tommy Wiseau. Right. Hi, Mark. <laughs> I know, and it was great. I and did not stab her. I did not. <laughs> what a story. <laughs> Hi, doggy. Um, and it was great. I loved it. And um, so a lot of like stuff actually happened in this episode, and that's what I like because everything like progresses. Like we get that scene where he's you know in this really eighties bar, and um, you know basically looking for a lay and a sleigh, you know, Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. same time. Um, And it kind of cuts in and weaves in and out. And that's what I like about the series, too, is it kind of goes further into his background and who he was and how he became who he is, um, which is Tommy Wiseau. Um, So (laughs) in this, we have a lot of stuff going on. The little girl wakes up. Caroline, I think her name is. Yep. um, From the whole house burning down incident. Um, Mm -hmm. we have like, finally the team comes together as a mystery team, (laughs) which I liked. They're they're just missing a pet. 
Uh, yeah, we- it could have been Jake's cat, but Jake's cat got killed. So yeah, yeah, that was a bummer. We didn't see it though, so I was fine with that. Like, if it's off screen, mm-hmm. I can always imagine like it actually got away, and Chucky can't. It's, it's just wandering around with like three feet. Yeah, and um, <laughs> it lives a happy life on a farm, and Chucky got a new name, Stumpy. Tripod. Um, Tripod. There you go. And he, he's he's fine. And, yeah, we have the detective dead. And, by the way, nurses do not wear those outfits anymore. Yeah, but but that's part of the whole camp of the thing. I which, know, but it but, was... Well, my, I, I commented that to my wife, like, as we were watching. I'm like, you know, I, I really appreciate, like, they're going with, like, those ridiculous old-school nurse outfits. Because it's so funny. Yeah, and honestly, there's a lot of times in it where they'll kind of mention, like, when something like that happens where it's like... Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, and so I was kind of waiting for something like, oh, this is the rich person's hospital, like, this is why they dress up like that. Well, and then the size of that room that they put Caroline in. Oh my like god. Because I, I, you know, I've, I've had to go to a hospital and I've never seen a room that freaking big before. I've recently been at the hospital and I was shoved <laughs> into a box. <laughs> you know, that with the way things are going, you might have been shoved into, like, the hallway. You yeah. Know what I mean? Or into a, uh, just needle bin <laughs> that too um but yeah i mean like this is a rich person's hospital obviously oh, yeah. um and i'm and like they keep saying oh crimes don't happen here um so maybe that's why they have all this money and really nobody comes in for anything um yeah caroline <sighs> i like her as a character i do I am not uh, certified to talk about if, because it plays off that she's autistic or on the spectrum, uh, which usually just plays off of her screaming about wanting Chucky. Right. Well, and, you know, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, I'm not qualified to talk about it either. I, I have worked with kids who are on the spectrum, and her behavior isn't too um outside of that if i'm if i'm being honest based on my own experience but then again i'm like not an expert here yeah i would it's just interesting to me again i like her as a character and i like that they were trying to develop her as like you know an artist and then they dropped that immediately <laughs> well, well- I, I well then again also like in the time that we've been with her like her house has burned down and stuff we haven't been able to like do much with her doing art or anything. Yeah, I loved the scenes with her and Chucky playing video games, and I wanted a million times more of that. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted well, you know, so much of that. Well, I appreciate like the, the they're showing kind of like that fixation that uh, these kids can sometimes have. Um, you know, so specifically like her fixation on Chucky, but also the, um, the, the song when, when Lexi sings her a song, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, that's something that, uh, Whoa, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? Let me sing you a lullaby of death. But, you know, (laughs) so number one, again, incredibly camp, incredibly camp. But, um, like, th- those fixations are, those fixations can be, uh, like, surprising sometimes. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, 
you know, my little cousin was like into fans, super fans, every fan. Fans are good, you know, like, and I get that, like, but I, I'm not certified. I haven't been certified exactly. to talk about autistic people. Um, right. I just don't want another Sia situation. So I was just <laughs> like, I'm like, ooh, okay. But I like right. her character. I'm glad she's fine. I'm glad she yeah. has a f- new friend. <laughs> yeah. In no, Tommy. And, uh, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, poor Tommy. So, poor um, Tommy. You, you've seen, you've seen the original trilogy. Yes. And, and I uh, do you know Tommy. It, yes. Yeah. I do remember so, Tommy. If your name is Tommy, you have no luck in this universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> poor Tommy. Um, he was buried well, under the swing set, wasn't he? Yeah, he was buried under the swing set in Child's Play too. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you think of that scene with Chucky looking into the window? That was great because I was like, was I so wanted good. a Taylor Swift song to start playing. <laughs> yeah, everybody kept pointing out like similarities to Lotso Huggin, uh, Lotso Huggin Bear from uh, Toy Story Three. That's very true. <laughs> it looks like you a know, breakup scene to me. Like, how dare mm-hmm. you move on mm-hmm. from well, me? That's okay. That's okay. Chucky has a shiny new body. Oh, he does. It's it's beautiful. Uh, you know, and honestly, I love that he was, like, all freaking burnt and mutilated, mm-hmm. which he, you know, he goes through in the se- original series, too. Oh, yeah. And that's the fun thing, is, like, he can just keep getting new bodies. You provide yeah. him with something, he'll, you know, and that's another thing, too. I forget. It's I know it's, like, a voodoo thing, which mm-hmm. I am also not certified. I know exactly. voodoo priestess is cer- <laughs> probably certified more than I am. Um... <laughs> But whatever God he is praying to, this God loves him because he could like freaking soul transfer into like a coffee can and the God would be like, cool. All right. See you later, bro. I I believe the name of the God that he is invoking. Again, I'm not an expert on a hoodoo, voodoo, or voodoo um, because there's like different forms of it. Um, But uh, I believe the God he is invoking is Dambala. Okay, well, Dumbala loves his shit. He is a Chucky yeah. fan, 100%. Because he, like, any time, he's like, hey, bud, I need to switch. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, cool. <laughs> hey, dad, I need the keys to the car. Right. And he's like, yep, just, just be back by 11, son. You know, but he don't care. <laughs> he don't care, he loves him. And I thought that well, was great. <laughs> and I, I also like that, like, even though this, this, uh, this voodoo element is completely ridiculous and campy, they are kind of starting to lay out some rules to it, because we see that a little bit in this episode later with uh, when we return to to Mika and Tiffany Valentine. Yeah, because we finally we ha- we see them. them. Yeah. We finally, because after all this buildup of, like, in the credits saying, and starring Jennifer Tilly, and you're like, mm-hmm. when is she going to come here? Mm-hmm. We finally see Jennifer Tilly, and she's... Oh, and she arrives in a very big way. Oh, she does. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, but before we go there, I want to talk about <laughs> the stupidest plan ever. Okay. The the, the needle bin, right? <laughs> Freaking needle bin. And I know that they're like 14. But yeah. Jeez, oh, pizza. Like, what the fuck? Well, and, and that's what I love about, like, horror, because, you know, you can sit back and say, oh, that's totally stupid. But in the moment, like, you just, you, you just enjoy that they make stupid decisions like that, because you, you have to. Yeah, that's where we derive the pleasure from. It was, and again, like brain roll juice. Like in a way, it was <laughs> awkward. I'm glad that Lexi finally freaking stepped up to like put her hands in the needle bin, um, because again, like needles, 
you know, uh, AIDS, uh, you know, it goes back because this is a queer show. This mm-hmm. is at the core a queer show. And yeah. we've gone, you know, very much past, like, well, we're still in the AIDS pandemic, uh, epidemic. Um, yeah. It still happens. And so, like, when I saw, like, oh, we queers are going to put our hands in this bin full of needles and possibly get AIDS, I was like, oh, no. Right. Oh, yeah, no, like, the, the bin full of, like, medical waste, although, like, apparently Chucky loves it. Oh, he <laughs> fucking... Just high off his balls, his little he... plastic balls, just swimming through garbage. Which, again, you're probably not going to get that m- much, because... But, you know, again, it was really a great scene just to see him, like, freaking covered in needles and just, like, enjoy... Like, swimming in it. Just, like, enjoying himself. Well, and, you know, that's a, that's a thing. Like, you get the sense that, like, Charles enjoys having the doll body. Sometimes. So, like, well, sometimes. Well, 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 sometimes. Well, no, he did, he did enjoy it in Seed of Chucky. Uh... Or, uh Oh, no, no, Bride of Chucky, Bride of Chucky. Okay. But, um, no, but, like, he he realizes that there's, like, a disposable nature to himself, and he kind of takes risks uh, as the doll, which it, it's it's interesting to see, um, you know, because, yeah, it's just, there's something about, like, he's kind of realize that he does have some advantages in this form and he's willing to do like really stupid dangerous things because like ultimately it doesn't matter because of the soul split yes the soul split we will get to that mm-hmm. we will, <laughs> we're gonna put a pin in that because that was freaking wild mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but before um, we go there i want to just talk about a lot of other things <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, please, by all means, no, this is great. Because like, there's so much that goes on b- before we will get to that. Because that is in my notes. <laughs> I'm like, what? So, um, we we learn a lot in this episode. Actually, this episode is a turning point in a lot of different ways. Um, because of course, like for the last uh, four episodes, like there's a lead up between um, Jake and Devin. Um, there's Lexi finally coming as a actual person. Um, <laughs> and then Junior. Oh, yes. And it was so freaking WB. I love how they're like, we need to tell Junior. And it's like, we can't tell Junior. He lacks imagination. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, like, and then also. That's such also, a WB like, <laughs> excuse. Right. Well, and then also the um, the whole thing with Junior, the 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 dinner scene with the phone, it goes from like WB to like psychological horror as well, because you know he's like, well, why are you texting my girlfriend? And then you have that scene with uh, um, with the dad, with yeah, with um, Logan. Yeah, there's a lot of it, this one's very parental too. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. we get a lot of um, parental fighting. And, um, as you said in your notes, like, um, toxicity between the parents, um, that's still kind of like, I don't know, that's like very Riverdale to me and, and, which I don't trust me. I enjoy, you know, like I enjoy all of this. So, um, yeah, it's not, it's not bad. Like it's tropey, 
but it's also part of that whole camp of everything. Oh, like, yeah. Everything is heightened to 11 here. Oh, yeah. It's like it feeds on tropes and um, it spits them out, but in a very enjoyable and easily digestible way. Um, and yeah, the phone scene was great. Um, because again, like, you know, Junior, he's trying to live up to his standards and expectations. The mom has a secret, the secret, oh man, we think it's, you know, she's having an affair. We find out that it's not that she's having an affair. Um, which we get in a very, like, very stereotypical, like, uh, like, therapist scene which i uh -huh, love uh -huh. i loved yeah. that office and i love that scene where she's just sitting on the couch like right in the middle of it because it shows so much of like her character like oh oh yeah i have to be like balancing everything and that was so great that was like a really good visual scene um and mm -hmm. that's honestly this show is amazing visually Oh it's yeah, like, especially the usage of color. Like um, in, in my reviews, I've mentioned like there's a lot of parallels to Hannibal, which like uh, so so Don Mancini wrote for Hannibal. He wrote like several episodes of that show, but just from a uh, uh, color design cinematography, uh, there's a lot to borrow from Hannibal in this show. I didn't watch Hannibal yet. I know I need oh, to. No. I know, I know, I know. Audrey 3 is always like on my ass about it. <laughs> I it's, will. It's very good. You, you will enjoy it. If you like um, If you like Chucky because it has kind of like that queer angle to it, you're going to absolutely love Hannibal because it's very much the same kind of wheelhouse. They turned Hannibal Lecter into like a, uh, a, a queer icon. Yeah, I I know. I've been on like gay Reddit and everyone's like, Oh, it's so good. I'm like, I know, eventually I'll get to it. Um Well and that's what I like about this show too, because it's not it's I mean like I would love to say this is like love victor with uh mm. murder and F bombs. <laughs> I like it, I like it. <laughs> and that's really what it is, because it's like this is the the um and this is kind of like where it also diverges because in the last episode we see very clearly Jake is like, I am not like you, Chucky. We are very different from each other. I am not a killer. You are a killer. I am cutting my life off from you. You know, yeah. big breakup, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great way to kind of describe because like all the relate, the relationship between Chucky and Jake was very much like a courtship and it was a courtship with like an abusive partner. Well, it was he was basically uh, grooming him, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, exactly. An older man was grooming him. Yikes! Right. right. And um, you know, and was uh, absolutely it was very abusive because it was like I'm your only friend. You can only rely on me. You know, this is the way that we do things. And you know, Jake, you know, being as strong as he is with his father, with you know, his father's death and Lexi being an absolute, can I say cunt? Yeah, go episode? for it. Okay. I think I, I, I think, did. I think, yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think my wife described her as such, um, at I mean, one point. So. She really is. And so for him to do all that and at the very end to say, I'm not like you. And that's where we get the juxtaposition of queerness in this episode too, is because we have, um, uh, Jake and Devin, and we have our very first, and I loved, I loved how they um, visualized and um, just set up this hand-holding scene 
because it was very like close your eyes and I don't know if other people have had this happen because I have and it did not turn out well um, oh, no. but <laughs> yeah. um, but like the whole like you know close your eyes with your crush and like kind of let yourself go and be open and expressive and Jake does and Devin takes his hand and it's a very beautiful and soft scene mm-hmm. that is absolutely um honestly lacking in a lot of uh medium Al- although like you know you go on like <laughs> nine gag and they will tell you out otherwise but um <laughs> it it was just a beautiful scene because they're just standing yeah. there and it's a time lapse of people moving around them and you know they are in their own time they are in well, their own space and the and then that uh, that scene with their first uh, kiss was also like very beautiful. Ah, you ruined um, it, Dave. I was leading up. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it was, but and it was so sweet. It was just, it's this gentle sweetness of having a crush for the first, maybe not first time, but like it first actualized for the first time in your life. And through this whole thing, we haven't really known where Devin has lied on that spectrum. Um, even with Jake and his feelings, you know, he keeps growing closer, you know, but we, and that's like very typical of a first time crush, especially a queer crush. Cause you're like, it was very obvious, obviously. Cause you know, even Lexi in the talent show was like, mm, you know, he really loved yeah. us. And he's like, Oh my God. <laughs> and, um, like, so to see this and to see it so sweetly and innocently, and actually that was why I wanted to come on this podcast is because again, gay Reddit was like, <laughs> um, it was on the, I think the gay bros Reddit, and, um, every male was lamenting, like, I wish my first crush or my first kiss had been like this. Right, and uh, I saw, because they do the extended features for the uh, the episodes, like, they put them online and everything like that, um, and they have, like, uh, you know, interviews with the actors, with Tom Mancini, everything like that, and, um, or, I'm sorry, Don Mancini, so uh, Zachary Arthur, who plays uh, Jake, you know, asked Don, like, was this what your first kiss was like, and then Don was like, no, this is what I wish it was. Yeah. And it, it, like, yeah, it's it's a beautiful moment. Like, I really appreciate that they went to like that tenderness, and it was, yeah, just like it made it made me happy to see my wife and I were just like, oh, this this is so nice. Absolutely, and especially with queer and gay media, you know, mm-hmm. for so long we've gotten, especially with two males, it's usually like from the early 2000s, it's usually like, oh, you must repress, you know? Yeah, it, um, it tends to be very subtle, or it tends to be almost, like, fetishized to a degree. Um, or it's just very violent, you know? It's mm, very yeah. violent, or it's very, like, and then they got AIDS and died. Um, you know, you broke back mountains and whatnot, you know? So I think this is a great show of, like, how our culture can progress and it's you know the popular culture yeah to make it to normalize this because it is normal and it should be and to have these two you know young boys well they're not young boys but these two like 14 year olds as we all have been on their bikes 
you know, getting a very sweet first kiss and then just being like, we killed Chucky. Yay. See you around. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, well, one of the things I, I like about the, that moment is, uh, did, did you see the Eternals at all? No. So they make a big deal like about a, a kiss in the Eternals um, uh, between two men. Um, and like just comparing the kissing scenes between these two different, very different franchises here. Um, like, you know, there, there's virtually like nothing going on in the Eternals moment. It's just very like. It's, like, sanitized and everything like that. It's, like, you know, it's obviously I don't want to offend people in China or whatever. But, like, I appreciate the actual passion that goes into what we saw in this episode of Chucky in comparison. It's, like, it's not afraid to go there and to normalize it. Where you can see there's kind of, like, a, a reluctance or a hesitance in, like, a big budget tentpole franchise movie which I, I found super interesting. I think that's one of the reasons why we love horror so much is because they're willing to go to places that other genres can't. Sometimes. Things. Sometimes. But they true. also pull their punches a lot of times, too. Because there's so that, many that times that I'll be watching a movie and be like, they seem like such a couple. And in a way, they it feels like they should be. But it's like, I bet that that was a pulled punch, you know? Mm -hmm. And if they're going to go for queer, then it's like highly market, you know, like that's, that's how it is. Like what I enjoyed about the Iceland, I think it was Icelandic movie Thirst, um, was that it, it does, it's a character. And that's the, that's the main and baseline is that instead of having characters, oh, and they're gay. Mm -hmm. It's a facet of the character. With Jake and Devin, we see different facets of these characters. And honestly, with Devin, we see a lot more. He's got his podcast. He's a musician. Like, he's a catch, you know? Yeah, you, you <laughs> can't just call these characters, you know, the gay kids. Right. They are not... Yeah, they are distinct what, personalities. And that's what Freaky really lacked on. And that's why I gave it kind mm. of a lower score is because it's like, oh, and gay best friend and black best friend, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like... yeah oof we need to get away from that and that's why this one was like incredible because he's our main character and that's why it's like it's like love simon but like horror <laughs> yeah exactly and f-bombs yeah and it's just to have this like gay black teenager where it's like not a big deal that he's gay or black well and we it's... don't even know he's gay like he's he's been that's true. very quiet about his sexuality yeah. um and that's so, so you'll have to for, you'll, you'll have to forgive me because like I you know I I am an ally but sometimes I still kind of struggle uh, struggle with like the language of this and like the the spectrum and everything like that so uh, please thank uh, well thank you for like correcting me when you can because that helps me bro um, yeah absolutely bro <laughs> I got you fam <laughs> <laughs> I'm dabbing as we speak I'm sure the kids are <laughs> delighted. In, lit. like like 10 years ago um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and so it's it's and that's where the juxtaposition happens with the other scene which is quote unquote gay um which we have two females who are under the male gaze of chucky uh, charles lee ray um and that is more you know it's sexual it's and again it's under his gaze 
So, and not gays as G A Y S. No, I get you. Um, so, and that's the ju- juxtaposition also of between the queerness of um, our main character Jake, and I guess you could say the queerness of Chucky because he does yeah. eventually uh, inhabit um, a feminine body mm-hmm. um, to uh, have sex with Tiffany. And kill well, and then, that, well, and then the impression that I get uh, from the episode from a line from Tiffany is that now that that Chucky is in Nika's body, now Chucky is uh, having sex with men now as well. I, she mentions she mentions him like diversifying his tastes a little bit. I just I don't know if that was towards men. I don't know. I think that might just be killing I, I don't know because again i think it, that might just be a gender instead of a sexual identity because nika was wearing some very sexy lingerie right and right. again having to imagine charles lee ray like <laughs> i want this kind not that kind i want this bodice not that bodice you know like going online and searching for these things yeah. um <laughs> you know well, the, the, the whole situation is like very queer because of the way that it plays with uh like bodies and especially when you take that in combination with the flashbacks and who played young charles lee ray there's some interesting stuff going on here yeah absolutely it's and even chucky too you know he he very early on was like oh like lgbtq yeah, no, no problemo. Like I have a gender fluid kid, whatever. Gender fluid. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> not a big deal. He himself is kind of a bit maybe gender fluid, or mm-hmm. you know, because again to inhabit, and again maybe that's just, but to to, I mean, he could inhabit any body, right? But but maybe not. I I'm not too. I don't know how voodoo works, or at least in this <laughs> instance. Or how, how Chucky brand voodoo works. Right, but, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, I don't know how Chucky brand voodoo works. I don't know how regular voodoo works. I, right. I don't think it's that way, but <laughs> I, well, and, I don't know. And ultimately, I'm curious to see where all this is going, because um, like, I, I love the, the fact that he's like inhabiting Nika's body. It's very, very uh, like interesting. Then we have the fact that, like, he lost control of her for a little bit. Yeah. Now, okay, so this is where my ignorance comes in. Because I don't know Nika. Mm -hmm. Like, I tried to, like... They they did give you that background of her in the episode. It's very, like, It was was a very... Yeah, it's a a lore dump, but it's very, like, just, we gotta jam it in here to catch up the newbies or whatever. Yeah, I was like, oh, her family was killed by him... Uh, she said it was him. Everybody said she was crazy. Part of his soul is in her. And now she's wearing fishnets. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, you know, and then also she was paraplegic. Yeah, which is strange because when Chucky is in her, she is not. But it, it's part of that whole camp it's, thing. It's part of the magic. The magic yeah. of Chucky. <laughs> Well, you know, it's kind of like the same thing in Rocky Horror with um, uh, Dr. Scott, you know. You you don't get the sense that Dr. Scott could, like, move his legs. But when he puts on those fishnets, he starts doing the high kicks. You're right. It is the power of fishnets. You're right. Exactly. I get it. um, 
that makes more sense. <laughs> but um, yeah. So um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so with Nika, um, she first appeared in uh, Curse of Chucky, and um, she was living with her mom. It turned out that in Charles's past, just before Child's Play, he had basically kidnapped um uh nika's mom and he was intending on like marrying her in his bizarre fucked up way um but then the police show up and he goes on the run and that leads to the events of child's play where he dies in the toy store okay so so he basically murders off this family with the exception of nika she gets uh you know blamed for that and gets put into a mental hospital and that's cult of chucky gotcha and then she is escaped by Chucky so he can inhabit her and have sex with Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, well, like, who wouldn't want to have sex with Jennifer uh, Okay. Seriously, though. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. though. Jennifer Tilly is amazing. And, again, we, we get to see her transformation, which was kind of weird to me. Which was, in a way, amazing because, again, like, so there's this... It's it's like it's a threesome because he's watching and these two women are engaged in in sexual uh fun times mm-hmm. and and that's why I also kind of feel like I don't know is it queer or is it the male gaze you know you get into feminism and you get into queer theory and it gets a little hazy and a little murky and i think that's also a great like i said juxtaposition between you know little baby gays and their flannels and their kisses and their hand holdings and um how sweet and cute that and and great that is because they've developed as characters these two Mm -hmm. women we don't know really anything about them yeah, the first time we meet uh, the first woman, she uh, we get the impression that she might be Tiffany at first. Yeah, and she and in this episode they should call it like I don't know the emasculation of men. I don't know because <laughs> hmm. that comes out a lot of times too. Because when the dad of Mare, Mare Dad, uh-huh. um, and Nathan, I, Nathan, I like Mare Dad. Mare, Mare Dad works. Mare Dad works. The first okay. husband. Yes. When Mare Dad is like, you know, our kids are traumatized, we should probably, like, I don't know, do something about that because they're fucking traumatized. Mare is like, fuck you. You know, I don't like it when you have feelings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and again, at the table with Junior, and Junior's like, um, I kind of don't want to do nationals because I was fucking traumatized. And his dad's like, fuck you. We're getting you a personal trainer. Let's I'm do this. Gonna, you're, you're gonna fucking do this because <laughs> you have an advantage and you gotta take it. And the yeah, that, that's a like, very uh, fucked up thing to say too. Yeah, uh, which the whole is, thing is yeah, which is just yeah weird because and again we 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 had already gotten the foreshadowing because he's showing off all the awards that his dad had like at the mm-hmm. you know party he had all the medals his dad yeah. had. So we we saw. Some I feel like that. I feel like that costume was his dad's idea. Or, like, he's like, I'm going to do this so Daddy's proud. I am junior, after all. Daddy, Daddy, look at me. Aren't I, aren't I impressive, Daddy? Look at my pretty little eyes. He has so many pretty eyes. Like, all two of them. <laughs> They're really pretty, though. Anyway, so, like, this whole thing, because also, too, although it was the last episode, Chucky um, called into question, you know, Jake's masculinity. Like, 
are you a pussy or are you going to kill her? You know? So in this one, it also plays off of that too. It adds to that. Like if you have emotions, you're a fucking pussy, you know, like, and, um, and so I like that it was, you know, anti this because men, guess what? They got emotions, yo, and they get traumatized. (laughs) (laughs) And I like Mayor Dad because he's trying to be a real, like, good dad. And Yeah, um, yeah, I, I've come around, because part of my issue with uh, his character is because I keep associating him with his actor who played a total asshole in Cult of Chucky. So oh, last that's week funny. I, yeah, so last week I was excited when he got punched in the face, but now I feel bad about that because, like, his character is, like, he's not doing a great job, but he's at least trying. He's doing the best he can. It must not be easy to have a yeah. cut for a daughter and <laughs> to have a cut for a wife, really, honestly. Um, but in this, too, we see what we think is Tiffany, going back to that scene. Um, yes. And she's, like, slapping this dude around. And, like, I don't know. Was she, like, pinching his balls? I don't know. It seemed like she was pinching his balls. He was like, I don't like this. Whatever it was, I'd be into it. So um, he was not though, and he <laughs> yeah. he, he did not consent. And no, uh, he did not. We're all about consent on mm-hmm. <laughs> on exactly. <Haunted> MTL. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she basically was like, I think she called him a pussy or something like that. Yeah. Like, and yeah. Um, so he got out of there. Good for him for knowing his mm-hmm. boundaries and mm-hmm. getting the fuck out of Dodge. And that's when. Uh, Tommy was so, I mean, Chucky, uh, <laughs> approaches her and he's like, hey, let's, you want to play? <laughs> and um, she's like, sure. And then they get a, a redhead. Mm-hmm. Now, that's when the two girls are like, you know, I don't know, hugging on the bed. It's, a, it's very intense hugging with yes. mouths and uh, also vaginas. And um <laughs> And he's just watching with his male gaze and his uh, his suit. Because he looked yeah, like, like freaking Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, and he's just kind of like chilling back on the couch, just kind of like, yeah. It's like he's watching a football game or something. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> he doesn't have a huge range of emotions except for yeah. screaming as Chucky the doll. and Or acting, laughing. Or laughing. Um, so... You know, he gets out his knife because he wants to murder, and he's going to murder the redhead, and she's like, fucking do it. <laughs> and she's into it. She is yeah. into it. And he gets a, uh, I don't know, like, it's a, a, like, a knife erection, but then, like, the knife erection goes away because he doesn't want to kill her because she wants it. And then um, he kills the other chick. Because she's like, what are you, a fucking pussy? Mm-hmm. You know? Again, a lot of, like, emasculation in this episode. Well, and one thing I love about that scene particularly is, like, how consistent it is with the character of Charles Lee Ray slash Chucky. Because he always has these plans, he plans to do something, and then just something, like, distracts him. Well, and he's he chaotic goes in a evil. different direction. A- exactly. He's chaotic exactly. evil. So he's like, mm, okay, you know what, change your plans. Yeah. Um and um so then he stabs the 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 blonde haired girl and then red haired girl is like, holy shit. She goes to stab her and again penetration. So we're talking about like a male, you know, still cause she emasculated him. Now 
she's being penetrated by him to death. Mm-hmm. And um, then the redhead comes and starts penetrating her with the knife. Uh, I mean, not vaginally. I'm talking right. like through the chest. Yeah, literary theory, like penetration yeah, 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 representing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and she orgasms. <laughs> in pl- she yep. does. She do. Yep, yep. She's like, no, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's like, it's very, it makes sense for Tiffany. She orgasms <laughs> uh, with her first kill, and then they make you out with the blood, you know? And mm-hmm. that's how, and then he's like, and then suddenly she has Jennifer Tilly voice. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's let's talk about that <laughs> dubbing for a moment. Oh, the dubbing was pretty bad. Yeah, like um, like, and I think it was intentionally bad because the um, like the the whole flashback is done with kind of like that VHS kind of filter over it, and, it's and that beautiful. sort of thing. It's- yeah, I think it's supposed to uh, evoke just like bad eighties film. Well, it's great because when we see him as a child, it's bad eighties. Like, well, when we see him as, I guess, a teenager, it's like bad. 70s film right and then when he was a kid it was like 60s um like home video yeah and like now it's like vhs so i i do like that progression of it Mm -hmm. um and and yeah so then she has jennifer tilly voice right and that that kind of came out of nowhere but i like it's like it's a it's a metaphor for that transition into that character. Yes, which it like it's goofy, it's ridiculous, it can't be a shit, and I just I love it. Yeah, I mean, like I laughed, like it was it was it's it's meant to be a funny beat, you know, and it is a funny beat. And then he says, "You should dye your hair blonde," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you should go by Chucky. Oh, that's right. And she said, and she, she, re- and she names him. Yeah. They, and that's how they make each other. And, um, so, so yeah, that's how that happens. And then later on, like, <laughs> they're going to, then it goes back to the kids. Um, which again, I, I'd like, you know, in a way, it's kind of like, and it's a weird, uh, like going to it but it's kind of like in a way cobra kai because <laughs> it's like you have these other characters that you've grown with you know since the 80s and they're also um creating a new story now where i feel like cobra kai has failed is that i don't give a rat's ass about most of the new characters that are kids Except oh, for no. Miggy, I do like. like Miggy. I, I love, I love, I love Cobra Kai, and like I've started to like care for the kids, which is like a huge thing for me. Like I love Cobra Kai. I really only care about Miggy and Johnny. Like <laughs> I don't care about his kid. I don't care about like, uh, shit. What's his name? Uh, anyway, I don't care Miguel. for the kids. No, Miguel, I love. I love Miggy. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. That's because uh, I was like Miggy. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Well, his co- his mom calls him Miggy. That's Miguel. right. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just like, oh yeah, my little baby Miggy. Um, I, I think you're right though about like kind of like that parallel to Cobra Kai because this like Chucky is an example of like bringing back that kind of '80s classic in a way that 
continues the story and like Cobra Kai was the same thing. Absolutely. And they're getting back the old actors, which is mm-hmm. the important part because that's obviously something that you can't really do with like Psycho, you know, unfortunately, you know, Anthony Perkins has passed and um you know, so like that's a completely new thing, you know, on its own standalone, but this is like it is, it's appealing to fans. It's reaching out to fans. It's bringing back what we enjoy from, you know, the 80s. Yeah, but it's also creating something new because you're going to have like a generation of people who are going to be like, no, Jake is my favorite of the protagonists. Just like for me, it was Andy. Yes, right. But like for, for uh, like this new generation that's getting into it because like the kids are enjoying Chucky quite a bit, which makes me so happy. That's, and that's amazing. And I'm glad because... You know, again, it's like, I don't know, I think it's a perfect mix of of both, because it is going something so, so different from the original. Um, and I do love, I do, don't get me wrong, I love Cobra Kai. Like, mm-hmm. I freaking love it to death. And, but that is one thing, I, you know, it was very WB drama. It was like, wait a minute, they're fighting in the school and nobody's suspended, like... Or, well, I also attribute that to kind of like the the whole camp attitude as well. Like the like for some reason, like uh, um, where is the place that uh, Cobra Kai takes place in L.A.? I forget it. Uh, so. I forget. Yeah, but like there's roving gangs of karate kids. Yeah, like I just I right. love that aspect of it. It's so stupid, and I love it. I do too. But they they do update it very much. Like they talk about cultural appropriation. They talk about, like so it's very much oh okay this is right now and right here you know whereas I feel I don't know Chucky is like you you could probably never have a teacher that says shut the fuck up you know to one of her students but here I'm like <laughs> yeah okay I see it you know <laughs> like I I'm much more willing to forgive it because it is much more magical and 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 um. You know, much more able to suspend my disbelief. And it does draw more of the characters. It's not just karate championships. And I think, I guess that's why I like Miggy is because I feel like he is a true, well-developed character. And I feel like these are getting to be more well-developed characters. I am starting to have an okayness with Lexi, you know? Like, I feel like that could be something when they get together as their full Scooby-Doo once Junior joins in, you know? Um, and I think that's great. And, you know, you had just said that there's a season two in the works. It looks like it. I'm not entirely sure yet, but Zachary, um, Arthur did like spoil something on Instagram saying like, see you in season two. So we'll, we'll find out. That would be amazing. Like, this is a show that would benefit from a second season. It's it's a huge thing right now. Like it trends every week. I could see it absolutely being like a three season thing. Like, and then, you know, three and done, you know, don't, don't make it a Riverdale thing. Please don't make it a Riverdale thing. Jesus right. Christ. Well, and the other thing is like, they could go in an anthology direction because there's so oh, many yeah. different like good guy dolls out there that you could have, you know, uh, an entire another community that's being like tortured by this little psychopath in a body. Absolutely. So, and I, it's I, I do want to get... I do want to get back to something you were saying about Junior joining the the band. Yeah. Do you think that's going to happen? I think so. I think eventually there's going to be, like, right now they have to play hard to get. You know, like, "Mm, we can't, you know, there's going to be, I think, 
some kind of either it's going to be either or he's either going to be like the thing that fucks him over or he's going to be the thing that eventually he joins and is maybe not the one to save the day but something like that um yeah because I'm seeing Junior, I, I'm seeing his path is going more toward like he, like Chucky's going to turn his sights on Junior as far as like grooming goes. Ah, uh, because he's seeing that, like, because you know Chucky's been haunting that house for uh, you know at least a, like a week or so. He probably has an idea that like, okay, here's a kid who is being abused by his dad. He's got shit he can't deal with. He seems like he would be a good. Oh, he would be a good rival. That's true. Yeah. He would be a good yeah. rival because now it's like between the two sons, you know, like yeah, and then you have yeah, and then you have Junior being pushed out of that that group, like that that scene at the uh, the town meeting at the end of the episode where Junior kind of comes up to the seats, and it's just so awkward, and like you can get why Junior is absolutely pissed, and like it would make sense that like Chucky might notice that. Yeah, and by the way, is Chucky sponsored by Westworld? Because it's been brought up <laughs> twice now. Well, um, so there's definitely some parallel between Westworld and Child's Play, um, okay. as far as like artificial beings and that sort of thing. Like it's been brought also, up twice. <laughs> well, also like uh, based on the mentions of Westworld, I think they're saying that the show is set in 2017. It it kind of varies. Um, it kind of varies a little bit, but based on what they're saying, it seems like Westworld would have just premiered which is fine but i'm just like what a specific show and i remember like caroline was supposed to be like watching westworld yeah, exactly like, I, I remember talking like about that and like yeah she's <laughs> she shouldn't be watching westworld no um but no like if, if you uh like how familiar are you with westworld as a show i'm not okay. i am more familiar with the movie with yul brenner right Okay, but even then, like, the movie Westworld, I, I do think that there's some definite definite parallels you can draw between, like, the Westworld franchise and Child's Play, because there is an element of artificial beings, and there is a lot of murder going on. Like, that might be a fun idea for an episode, it's just kind of like, why are they drawing this parallel so much? Yeah, and and I say that with, you know, with Jest. I think it's, I think it is interesting. Um, and like you said, like, it's... It, it it draws parallels, and it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. Um, or it could be that Don Mancini is just a huge fucking fan of Westworld. <laughs> you know, honestly, that could also be. Like, it could be a lot of different things. It could mm -hmm. just be like, I don't know. But it was, just, it was just really great when Junior comes up in biology, and he's like, so you guys seen Westworld? <laughs> and they're like... But we've all been in that situation where we're just trying to, like, talk to people, you know what I mean? I know. So we, we oh, absolutely. So, like, all the characterizations with the kids, um, like, they've been pretty, you know, on point, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, just the, except, the awkwardness of that age. Except, I don't think, I think they should have aged them up. These are not 14-year-olds as much as, like, I don't know, 16 or 17-year-olds. Well, then again, like we're we're shocked, like yeah, because I, I I admit, like when they were, when uh, Lexi was smoking weed and everything, I was a little shocked. But having worked with high school students and overheard what they're talking about, um, you know, and just not like I'm not like listening in on their conversations, but they don't know to like not lower their voice. You know what I mean? Yeah, hearing, I just hearing, I don't know. hearing the stuff they talk about that they did at like fourteen years old, I'm just like Jesus Christ. Well, it's not even that. Like I no, trust me, I know. Like, well, I don't know, but I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know. Like you know, even 
13, 14, that like, even at my, uh, you know, like you knew people who knew people, but I mean, just like how they talk, mm-hmm. how they interact, it seems developmentally to me at least. And again, it's my two fucking cents I mean nothing, but it seems like a little bit older, just a little bit older, like high oh, school. I, you know, I, I can totally agree with you on that. Um, but I'm also thankful that they're not doing the thing where it's like, you have 30-year-olds playing high schoolers? Jesus Christ, yes. Yeah, it's not a Riverdale situation. Oh my god, it is not a <laughs> Riverdale situation. Yes, you know, they yeah. look young. They act young. They have stupid ideas like putting their fucking hands into exactly. needles. Well, you know, and, and these kids, um, they're like, and I don't mean like kids as dismissive. I'm just talking about how they're just, they're young, you know yeah, what I mean? They're and they're, they're really good. They're really good. Like, I love Zachary Arthur. Um, I think he his, uh, like, emoting on his face is very satisfying to watch. Um, and then uh, Olivia, who plays uh, Lexi, I like, she's, like, the standout in every episode, I think. Oh, yeah. She, I, I love her and Devin. Her and Devin, because he is, like, the coolness to that. Like, she is high and he is low. And, um... <laughs> I'm sorry, but he makes way better podcasts than I'll ever make. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, that, that's true. I do enjoy his podcast quite a bit. Um, like, I, I, I'm surprised they, I, I kind of wish, like, during the mid-season, maybe they would, like, produce a podcast. That, yeah, just, I mean, not even a huge one, just, like, a yeah. four-episode or something like that. Like, you know, the tweet, out the, tweet out the video or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just to, like, build up hype. With that actor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Because, and he, he is, like... I think that's like one of the cool things about now, and it kind of reminds me too of Stranger Things, is that we are getting incredible kid actors. Like they are just incredible, and um, I don't know. Like, well, I mean, I guess we've. I like Monster Squad. I thought the acting in that was really good. Although Evie would disagree with me. Throwdown. Wolfman, Wolfman's got nards. Wolfman does have nards. And it, that's also a documentary. Um, <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. And, um, but yeah, like these kids are incredible actors. Um, yeah. I thought the direction is good. I think that's the only thing is like, I think sometimes, and the writing is good too. I think just sometimes it is like the whole like, you know, WB feel that it's just, I mean, it's, this is a a teen show uh, with f bombs. Like I said, it's like Love Simon with f bombs and and a psychotic doll. Well, and, and I think the I think the the high drama of the teen angle is a good complement to the camp of the um, just the killer doll serial killing aspect. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. And again, like uh, my spouse even has watched um, many of the episodes with me. And she does not like uh, horror or uh, things that I like, so <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a treat. Like she's she's laughed a few times, and um, you know we've talked about it, and so it's like it's a good thing because it does kind of bring things together. The kills are fun. Oh man, mm-hmm. um, like you said, just bleeding out of every orifice. Um, or and- or how about the uh, the severed head? <gasps> yes. So the end, yeah, that was great. Because as soon as I heard that song, 
you know, as soon as I heard the notes start playing, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh no, heads will roll. <laughs> and, and then, of course, like, again, evoking Hannibal, because that the very deliberate setup of the body and everything like that is just, like, something out of that show. Okay. Um, where, where, you know, the, the, the villain or the killer of the, the episode will, like, have these, like, very grim tableaus that they assemble from corpses. So it's, um... Again, it's like those kind of influences kind of weaving their way in, which is a lot of fun. But, like, it's a severed head, and then, like, it blinks. Yes, and I fucking loved it. So good. I loved it. And especially as Detective Evans is like, you know, we're we're doing everything we can, and then just, like, perfect timing on Chucky's part, the head rolls out. You know, and it's great, too, because it's like, because she's been suspecting, well, she doesn't know what to suspect, and I love her, too. She's great. And she's Devin's mom, obviously, and um, she's like, "Stay away from that Jake kid and his weird ass doll." Oh, we, we a- get a little, we get a little bit, a uh, bit of that when she sees that Jake and uh, Devin are holding hands as well. She has this like concerned look, which is like crazy because they're like in the middle of an auditorium. Like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been up on stage before. You just see bright lights. Yeah, well, were they holding their hands up in the air like it was a victory thing? What's going right, on? right. Were they making out like <laughs> at the very like footlights? <laughs> <laughs> then, then that's cause for concern, my friend. Um, yeah, so she's been like, stay away from him. Uh, somehow she's got mom sense and can sense that they're holding hands, um, which again <laughs> is adorable. Someone's touching my baby. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> you know, and again, because she had kind of a conversation where it's like the, the the mom of a queer conversation where it's like, yeah. kind of like that, like feeling out because Devin hasn't said anything, but she kind of gets kind of like, so how are you and Jake? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Are you guys friends? You know, kind of a thing. Um, yeah. And it isn't that I don't think she's like, don't you date that, that, that boy. You know, she's more like, I think he might be a killer or his dog. Or killer adjacent. Or something. Yeah, right. Killer adjacent. I think he's killer adjacent. Please don't date him. And he's like, I'll do whoever I want to date. Mom, we're just friends. Um, Like we all do when we're like 14. Right. And then do absolutely opposite of what we say we're going to do. Now... I we're gonna wrap up uh, pretty soon. I just I want to like get back to Fiona Dorif. Um, so Fiona Dorif plays the character that her dad played because uh, she was uh, she was the one playing young uh, Charles Lee Ray. So like she's she's incredible. Like, there I'm, is okay. So I'm okay. Uh, that's amazing. I did not know that. Oh, see, I thought you did. Yeah. Oh, so that blows your mind then. That, that yeah, does that's... blow my mind. Mm-hmm. All right, I gotta look this up then. Because because her 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 laugh is like exactly like her dad's. It's spooky. That um, is cray cray. Yeah, and they were showing like the way that they changed her face is they just put a prosthetic below the nose to kind of get the chin going because everything from like the bridge of the nose up is just like her. That is cray cray. No, I did not know that. And it also puts together like a, an even more interesting spin on the events of the episode because you have uh, that queerness of her playing a man. And then later you have the character of Charles like 
like in a way playing a woman but also not yeah i mean like the gender in this is like okay so Fiona, that is crazy <laughs> right it like blew my mind because at first i'm like wow this is a really good lookalike and then i kind of like took a closer look and they do a great job with like the lighting to obscure things a little bit and then you know she's always got the the sunglasses on a little bit mm-hmm. but like it just it blew my mind when i first figured it out during the episode I'm like i'm like holy shit i think that's fiona dorif that's wow okay yeah i did not know that and she <laughs> okay and she plays nika too right yes yes that's wild okay i know that's wild. So so there's like this campy drag aspect to it as well, which is like super interesting. And it's just another layer of that kind of like queerness of the show. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah. So when you rewatch it, like look closely and you'll kind of see, um, you, you'll see how they do it. But it's, it's very, it's very interesting how they did that. And I just, I, that's, I love that they're doing things like that. Yeah, because that totally, like, that's just play. that's just mean. That's really mean. Yeah, I'm, like, looking this up, and I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> that is so, so, so you've, you've enjoyed your ride with the first five episodes so far. Are you excited to see where it uh, ends up going? Absolutely, because, again, like I said, um, they're really good at, um building up on itself um there's a lot of playbacks to like um other scenes like even from the first episode the second episode you know so it's it plays well at on itself it's like um it does feel like a build-up you know and i love um i love build-ups i hope the payoff is good so far it has been um i love how theatrical chucky is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, um, I do love him with, like, the kids. Um, I like their relationship together, and it's just, I don't know, it's wild. It's funny, if, again, for a season that used, I mean, a series that used to scare the shit out of me as a kid, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm having a good time. Now, does it make you want to go back and watch uh, the, the other films? Because you've seen the original trilogy. Um, and the, like, basically it's in three eras because you have the original trilogy, which is Child's Play. That's like the Andy era. Mm-hmm. Then you have Bride and Seed and then you have Curse and Cult. Are you going to go back and watch those? Might. Um, just because, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I like the, the kid characters. So, and, and I like my little baby gays and how they're <laughs> cute. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. At, at the very least, I am enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Um, just like if probably I like watched Hannibal, I probably wouldn't watch the movies. I'd probably just watch the series. You know, and that that's fair because as much as I love uh, like Silence of the Lambs, most of the Hannibal Lecter films are just kind of, uh, with the exception of Man uh, Manhunter. I think Manhunter is pretty good, but that's another topic. I'll do a Hannibal podcast eventually. <laughs> I wish they would do more series kind of like this, like with Puppet Master, with like, you know, go back to the 80s stuff and like kind of dive into it a little bit more, but also create something kind of new. Um, well, I th- and I think with like Chucky being as, ex- uh, as successful as it is, 
I would not be surprised if we hear that there's going to be like a Friday the 13th series or a Nightmare on Elm Street series or something like that, because uh, the, the serialization here really works. And provided you got the right team on it, you could have something huge. And honestly, too, what I like about this is that you have the old team on it. Like, that is essential. Like, you look at other ones that if you don't have the same team, it's going to freaking fall apart. That's why um, Cobra Kai is so good, is because it has the old team at the helm. It has the old players. It has, you know, if you create something new, like fucking Gem in the Holograms movie, you are just going to just fucking flounder and die, because it's it's this needs to be a reach out to the fans, right. while also extending the other hand to new fans. And, and that's the balance that's really hard, and so far I think Chucky mm-hmm. has managed that so well of, like, being something reverential to the franchise you know, but also introducing new stuff. Like, I love the fact that we're finally going to get Andy and uh, um, Kyle back. But That's going to be wild. Right, but I'm also, like, excited to see where everything goes with Jake because I've really come to care for Jake, and I think he adds a lot to the franchise. Absolutely, absolutely. And, like, it would be kind of cool to see all the final boys from Chucky as the abuser come together and try to fight off you know this this evil yeah and you know that's the other thing is like this this show is about final boys which is uh like kind of a uh, i'm not going to say a rarity but it's kind of a rarity as well it is a hundred percent a rarity you know i mean there's a reason why the trope is called final girls yeah we don't get final boys all that often and again i guess i think even from the beginning like i mean i have a date with a 10 year old boy you know like (laughs) from the original chucky mm-hmm. like again it's 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 like a grooming thing of and of 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 boys of 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 all kinds of sexualities and genders and you know he is not a good dude even though he's a i do i did laugh really hard at the line when he was talking about like gender and and sexuality and he's like i'm not a monster yeah well and i just love the way he says gender fluid yeah, Tanda Fluid. <laughs> but, but, you know, the other thing is, like, that's also, like, you can't trust Chucky either because it's clear yeah. that he's grooming. And uh, it, that's part of the reason why I would, I think I would suggest that you watch Seed of Chucky. Okay. Um, specifically because it deals with a gender fluid child. And, like, you know, they, they, there's this big thing on the uh, internet right now with the memes, you know what I mean? The memes in our youth and they're doing, like, the whole Chucky with the trans flag thing. And I'm like, okay, that's cute, but also given Chucky's track record and given, like, his own ambivalence to Glenn slash Glenda, like, I I don't know if he's necessarily the trans ally that you want, either. Yeah, and that that becomes kind of, like, a hard place, because, you know, when we talk about queer horror... We don't have a lot of good track records. Jesus Christ, we well, took the Babadook because yeah, exactly. of an error in Netflix. I was just about to mention the Babadook. You know, like, we're like, yeah, sure, Babadook's gay now, and we love <laughs> gay it. Gay icon, you know? the Babadook. Babadook, you know, and again, because of a, an error, you know, and so, like, you know, even Angela, who's one of my favorite queer icons, um, who was a victim, in most of their circumstances, you know, like 
that's kind of like a thing. Like, so that's why I love Jake because it's like we have a nice boy, you know, we have right. a nice boy who's trying to do the right things, and um, and he he could have been he could have been Chucky. He mm-hmm. could have been the next Charles Lee Ray. It was very easy for him to be the next Chucky. Absolutely. His father died. His his father who is, you know, homophobic and mm-hmm. and he could have absolutely killed Lexi in that moment cuz Chucky had predicted that. Like there will be a moment that you have this time and opportunity and that's when you take it. And um and he chose not to. That's how strong he is. And I think that's why it's like, he's the better queer icon. Um, but of course, like, we we also want a queer villain, you know? Yeah. So well, I think- you know, see, seeing the little Chucky drawings of him with, like, the trans flag and everything like that, it's, it's cute as shit. Like, I, I love it, but also... It's it like, is. We, we, it's also, like, there is kind of, like, this, like, almost like a desperation for gay representation that's, like, good, evil, just, just, just normalizing that kind of, like, queer representation that, like, like you have queer characters of all types so i i do appreciate that but it's also like just having followed the series for like 30 years you know what i mean it's like just be careful of like where you put your expectations on the character yeah i think a lot of people i mean this might be coming from the kids i don't know you yeah. know i think the the, the old queers like uh, you know me um you know who have followed the series Understand that Chucky is a lying fucking bastard. Mm-hmm. He lies and he connives and he, and that's what makes it so great because he's this little doll. He's this, you know, um, whereas I, the inspiration, Taki Tina, is, was not like that. She was more of a, kind of like a protector. She was kind of like more of a puppet from Puppet Master, um, except with like more personality but i think that's kind of like the the difference of that and you know yeah uh but uh, i don't know give gays their icons but you're right it's he's a lying fucking bastard and um (laughs) and that's why i love the babadook (laughs) at least you know what you're getting with the babadook he sends out a manual you know exactly babadook is pure (laughs) <laughs> Baba Duke, he tells you right off the bat, this is what's going to happen, yo. <laughs> and I like that. Like, and, um, so, so yeah. So, and that, that would be a great conversation to mm-hmm. have about, like, whether the, accent, the authenticity of, of Chucky as a queer icon, um, and what does that even mean? Cause in a way, you could say he is queer. Um, especially because, because he's inhabiting different bodies. Like he's inhabiting he's, different bodies, absolutely. Um, and and enjoying it. It's not just like because sometimes a lot of times too, you'll get like a man in a woman's body, and you'll get the sexist. Uh, I can't grabs the this. boobies, that sort of thing. Yeah, either grab the boobies or the uh, the inferior sex. Mm-hmm. I can't be in this body. He's he looks like he's having the time of his life with Tiffany. You know. And, um, I love the conversation between the two of them. And, oh, just um, the whole thing about, like, never let a man stand between you and what you love, and I want Swedish meatballs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then, and, then, and, then, and, then t- uh, and then Nico's like, uh, or Chucky is like, uh, go get fat then. 
Just, yeah, right. So like fun. you're just like your mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was an old couple bickering. And she treats him, you know, as male, you know, and um even though the body is so that is trans, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um and I think, you know, some people will get connected to that. Um that doesn't mean that they're going to get connected to like I'm going to kill people, you know, <laughs> exactly. it just means that they connect to something of that and um so i mean i don't as much i i love my little jake and my little devin and um i just want to put a heart around them and wrap them up in bubble wrap they they are they are an adorable little little couple but i i am worried for them well of course i mean we're talking about a murder doll it's not just that though but it's also the fact that devin recorded jake without consent which oh is a yeah, big that, deal. that is a big deal. Consent. That's another. That's another thing of this this series. Yes, that's true. And and what was that for? We don't even know what that was for yet. Exactly. Like, so is Devin like making a podcast on the side here? Um, like, what's that going to do? It's it's there's what I like is that I get answers in the show, but I also get more questions as we go forward, which is the hallmark of a good show like this, I think. And they bring them back. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing that's like to the winds for very long. It's like there are a lot of answered questions. There's a lot of setups and payoffs. And that's what you need. That's what I keep telling people. I'm like, you know, <laughs> when you set something up, you have to pay it off. Give me that Chekhov's gun and then fucking blow it. Like, there you go. show it to me. And um, unfortunately, a lot of times that doesn't always happen. Cough, cough, so, American Horror Story. Cough, cough. Oh God! Don't even get me. Which is weird because, like, between I, I think I tweeted something out like a week ago. Like, between American Horror Story and Chucky, I think Chucky does camp much better. Oh, a million times better! And I really liked American Horror Story. There was a lot of same here. I loved Coven. I loved the first season. I hated the second season so bad. Um, Ooh. I hated it so bad. Which is weird because Asylum is like my favorite season. Really? Yeah, so what does that say about me? (laughs) I know, we're going to have to have a throwdown is what that says. That sounds like uh, like a plan. (laughs) But, yeah, so, good show. I'm going to keep watching. We'll see what happens. Well, well, Brannick, I want to thank you for jumping on here. This has been just such a fun conversation, and I'm glad to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, do you have anything you would like to plug before we wrap up here? Um... I would just plug, um, like I said, there's a lot of great queer content creators that are out there. Um, I just threw out Brother Ghoulish because he's one of the ones that I listen to. Um, and he has a lot of stories that he also writes, and he's just funny and insightful. Um, so go check him out. He's also on Twitter, um, I believe, at Brother Ghoulish. And I think you can find him at brotherghoulish.com. And what sort of uh, stuff are you doing on Haunted MTL currently beyond the podcast? Or do you have a certain series of reviews that you're doing? Or? Um, I do, like I said, I do the podcast. Unfortunately, um, I'm out of commission right now. That, that's true. You are currently um, out of commission. I am out of commission. Um, I hope to be back hopefully December and January. I have a lot of stuff that's in the works. Excellent. A lot of old crappy movies that i've watched (laughs) and i am just dying to tell people about including faces of death which 
is the first time that I've watched it because I've always been afraid of it. And boy, how do you, I should have never been afraid. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like that's going to be a lot of fun. It was a lot different than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Well, I, I, again, I really appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. You've been a wonderful guest and I want to have you on again. Um, maybe for like a one-off mini episode or something like, uh, you know, maybe for a larger conversation on the uh, the queer aspect of the franchise. I think just kind of like diving deep into it would be very interesting. Okay. Yeah, keep being posted. Alrighty. Well, then that has been uh, Kids of Stuff, a Chucky podcast. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. You have been listening to Kids of Stuff, a Chucky podcast, a Haunted MTL original podcast. Our theme is Pop Goes the Weasel by Kevin McLeod. You can find more of Kevin McLeod's music at incompetech.filmmusic.io. If you want to find out more about me, the podcaster, you can just go to hpkomics.com, hpcomics.com, or you can find me on the socials at hpkomic. For more great horror content, do not forget to visit hauntedmtl.com. Dot com.